I'm going to be talking about Isaiah 55 today. I'm going to throw through verse by verse by verse. I'll skip a few. But I just wanted to say, because the first bit is to do with joy, and this main thing of me reading Isaiah 55, the bit that caught me was verse 12, because it says, you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains, the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. But the bit, you will go out, this is something you will do. It's not you might go out. Possibly there's going to be a bit of joy. You will go out with joy. And I was just, I just wanted to bring in a bit about um, my grandson. He's 20 months old and we've just taken him to Disney Paris and watching his joy as he saw the characters, watching him as he watches the floats and that go by. He's not got much language at the minute, but we sat and we watched all the music and the Disney floats go by and he's, oh, it's oh, it's It was overwhelming to see him. His mummy was in tears. His daddy was in tears because that's his first Disney, big Disney experience. And I'm just like, oh, that is one type of joy. That's an amazing joy to see. But God's joy is a different joy. It's going to be there all the time and for longer, not just for that split little moment that you can remember on. It's going to be with us for always and forever. But this verse is telling me, that actually, if we're going out with joy, the mountains and the hills will break, sorry, will break forth with shouts of joy before you. The trees of the field will clap their hands. That means we've got an influence. When we're carrying that joy and walking out, things will change. Things are going to happen. But we want to have a look, little look into what is that joy? You know, joy. I used to think it was like the laugh, the giggle, the smiles, everything going smoothly, brilliant. That might be a little bit part of it, but actually that's not the whole of it. I really now know that it's a deeper. And for me, it's like the internal, what you feel inside is that knowledge that God is there totally with us all the time. Wherever we're going through, whatever is happening, we can still have God's joy Within us, he helps us to go through the trials and the troubles that are happening in our lives. And it's a strength that allows us to do the right thing when all around us is saying, you know, come on, you can do that. It doesn't matter. The joy of God inside us allows us to make that right choice to do what we know is right and what we know is correct. Um, but Isaiah 35 10 also talks about the joy again. The redeemed of the Lord will return Come to Zion with joyful shouting. Everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. The redeemed of the Lord, who do you think that is? Yeah, it's us. That is us. Jesus paid that price on the cross for us to freely come to him. And he welcomes us to return to him, draw near to him, asking him to ask him into our lives. He wants us to follow his ways and come before him with that joyful shouting. The verse tells us everlasting joy will be on our heads. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. Not possibly, not maybe, but will. And again, I don't think it means we're not going to have any troubles. I think it's that, it's that, um, 
that knowledge, that deep knowing of his presence in our lives that allows us to come, even with our troubles, to come before him with that joyful singing that actually allows the joy that Isaiah is talking about to still be present in our lives. But we're still doing something first. We're coming towards him. We're joyful um, shouting. doesn't say depending on your circumstances. doesn't say whatever you're feeling like that day, if you're tired and that. This worship this morning was amazing. That was definitely coming before the Lord with joyful shouting and joyful singing. That was a fantastic to just be part of. Thank you for putting that together. Back to Isaiah 52, 12. You will go out with joy. There's a lot of verses before that that gives us information of what we're called to do first. There's something we have to do to be able to go out with that joy. So Isaiah 55, 1. Come, all you are thirsty. Come to the waters. You have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money, without cost. We've got to come to God. How easy is that, coming to God? Maybe, maybe easy, maybe not. All you've got to do is go and spend time with him. Spend time with God that made the world, created us, formed us in our mother's womb, knows us inside out. He just wants to spend time with us. Spending time with him lets you get, lets us, Get to know him better. He already knows us. He wants us to come and be with him to get to know him. We learn and grow so much just by coming and sitting with him, just by being with him. We can worship, we can pray, we can talk, literally just be in his presence. And as I already said, it costs us nothing to come to him. Jesus has already paid that price on the cross. And that opens up a way for us to become before God, not having to go through all the priests like in the old time, we can go straight towards him. Jesus died on the cross. The curtains of the temple were torn in two. Free access for everybody to come, day or night. Doesn't matter. And he asks nothing. He also he tells us in Revelations 22, 7, actually tells us to come. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. There's choice there. You can come. You can come and be with him. He's going to offer and give you things. Let the one who wishes take the water. We have to take what he's offering us. It's no good just coming and not taking what he's offering. We have to take as well. So if we're going to go out with that joy to affect the world, the first thing we're doing is coming. The second thing from Isaiah 55, 2 to 3 is to listen to him. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. You will delight in the riches of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. So we need to listen. Listen as God talks to us in our quiet times. Listen as we read his word. I think it's saying to us not to waste our time on like trivial things and other things like too much Facebook, wandering around on programs that really don't honor God, just messing about doing nothing or searching the shops forever and ever for that little black dress that we must have. 
you know, stop wasting your time on things like that. Devote your time and actually devote your time and your money to God's kingdom and all the things that will last longer than this because God is for eternity. Those other things that we flimsy away our time on, we all do it. I know we do. I know I do loads of time. But that takes our focus off of God. That's not for eternity. That's for just now, for this moment. It's not going to last forever. We need to look at things that are going to last forever. But also focusing on God can be a challenge sometimes with all our busy lives. But once we've got that habit, that's okay. It's easier to keep going with our personal relationship with him. According to a 2009 study by the European Journals of Social Psychology, it takes 18 to 254 days for a person to form a habit. That can sound quite long. It's not that long. It also conducted, on average, it takes 66 days for a new behavior to come automatic, to become automatic. That can be anything from just over two weeks to an average of just over two months. And actually, I think that's well worth time putting in. If we haven't got that habit formed in our life share, just pick a time a day and you're going to say, that's my, I know somebody that has it in their calendar. And you say, that's my time. I'm going to put that time. If I can't do a whole day with God, I'm going to start with my 10 minutes. Make it a habit because after a while, it's just going to become an automatic thing that we're all doing. And it's going to be for our good and for his good. So the last verse in that bit said, listen, that you may live. I, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. And in Samuel 2, 7, we can read of the covenant with David from verses 10 to 11. It says, I will also appoint a place for my people Israel. I will plant them that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again. Nor will the wicked afflict them any more as formerly. Even from that day, I command judges to be over my people Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. Now, even though Israel didn't fulfill its part in the covenant because they still worshipped the idols, um, Isaiah 55 is telling us that actually God is a forgiving God. It doesn't matter. He's still going to give that covenant to us as well. God is offering us abundance life in here, not just the mundane life. He's offering us a permanent place to live. Aren't we happy about that? A permanent place. I don't particularly think it's talking about a physical place, although in some circumstances maybe. I think it's a spiritual place. He's offering us that spiritual place to live with him. Constant place to reside with him. Whatever we are, whatever we are living, we can still be with God. I remember going on holiday to... um, I don't know where it was. Chung Chow. Chung Chow. And I remember getting there and waking up one morning, opening, going out on the balcony, just looking around and being surprised that God was there with me. And it was just like, yeah, it doesn't matter where I am. You came on that journey too with me. And it was just a pure eye opener. It was quite amazing and funny to think now, but there was a long time ago. <laughs> but he's offering also, it's a place to reside where our enemies don't have any power over us. If we're living with him, the enemy has no power over us. 
uh, pain and challenges of the life of life that we go through actually don't have to affect us like people when people don't walk with God. We have a different relationship. We've got a different. We're in although we're living here on earth, we're actually living in heaven at the same time. We've got an eternal. Um, a spiritual awareness, a spiritual life where we live in too, that the things of this world don't have to affect us. And that's what God is offering, this pure place of sanctuary almost. You know, you can, you're still going to go through these troubles. You're still going to go through mess, you know, things that mess up your life. But actually they don't need to mess up your soul and your spirit that's inside you because God is totally here with you. That joy, that peace can still be inside you. So much better than what I wrote down that was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Knowing him in this way and offering, um, accepting his offer of home to me means walking with his joy. Walking, seeing his miracles, signs and wonders around us. Feeling his joy and his peace as we go through tougher times. So we come and we listen. Then we're looking at verses four and five. See, I have made a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you don't know, and nations you do not know will come running to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has endowed you with splendor. Win witnesses. If we are carrying God inside us, we are witnesses to God on this world. Our actions and how we react are seen by our friends. I had a Normally I'm fine, I'm steady, I'm okay. Last week I had a bit of a meltdown and we go into the car, got everything in the car and my friend just came and I would have been fine if I'd driven off. But my friend came out of the house and said something to me and I'm like, you okay? And it was like, it was ridiculous. Uh, and it's like, okay, calm down. So maybe we don't always react in the way that you think godly people should react. Your friends still see that. They see how you get through that. They see how it doesn't go on for the rest of the day. You see how it's sorted out. We have an influence. People will come because of how, because of our reactions to things, because of our um, how we're reacting, how we carry God. It draws people closer to us. It encourages our friends to come and see how are you coping with things. How come you reacted like that and didn't? They might not ask the questions, but they'll look and they'll see. Because the verses said you will influence nations. Nations start with your friends and they start with your family. What we are doing, people see and it attracts people to us. Like before I was a Christian, I didn't really know a lot of other Christians. And then I was finding, you know, just happened. God, God dumped me in the middle of Christians, let's have it that way. My circumstances changed and there was Christians around me. And there were still other people that weren't, but actually I was drawn to the people that were Christians. It's like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but okay, I like being with you. And that's how it starts. I like being with you. People like being with us. What we do will change the atmosphere around us and will change how people see things, and then this will hopefully lead them to find Christ for themselves in the future or very next day, whenever. But it will lead them to find Christ for themselves, and that's what we want to do because we want to bring glory to him and glory to his kingdom and more people into his kingdom. 
So we've come before him, we listened, we lead a life that causes people to wonder about who God is and what he's doing in our lives. And then the next few verses, which is uh, verses 7 to 11, I'm not actually going to read them, but they talk about seeking him while he is near. And actually he's always near. He's never ever leaving us. He's always here. We're more likely the ones that are walking away from him and not um, acknowledging his presence. And we might do that because of our busy lives. We get up and we get on with our day. But as I said before, if we've got that habit already formed, then we're going to make that time in that day to make sure that we're talking to God and it becomes more of a natural thing that you talk to him the whole day through, you know, the whole of your day. All night maybe when you wake up and you go, hey God, what are we doing now? Maybe we walk away because we feel that we've done something that we're not very proud of that maybe wouldn't glorify God. But verse 7 tells us that um, turn away from wickedness, tells us that God is freely forgiving anyone who asks for it. So we've got no reason to turn away, but every reason to come towards him with our circumstances, whatever our circumstances. We need to turn around, seek him, find him, because he's always got an answer. He knows what we're going through anyway. There's always an answer. There's always a help for, for us when we turn to God. The verse continues to speak about the words that God speaks uh, being higher than ours and never returning to him without accomplishing what he said. And God speaks amazing, wonderful things over each and every one of our lives. He speaks strength and courage, health, wisdom, love, peace, hope, freedom, provision. He says that he'll always be with us. He tells us that we belong to his family, that we're royalty, that we have power to move mountains and to heal in his name. He calls us his children. We heard some of that this morning from Costas. And he knows us individually. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. Can you believe that? That's like that. But he knows us that well. He always speaks goodness over and into our lives. And he calls us to higher places and to become more like him. Verse 12 is where I started. You will go out with joy. Be led forth with peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you. The trees of the fields will clap their hands. We have influence. And on the people around us, I've said this, but we are significant. Sometimes people think they're not significant. They're doing nothing. But I just want to say over everybody that you are very, very significant. Wherever you are is where God's placed you for this time and for this moment. You are significant. And people are looking to you and they're amazed. They're just amazed. We can go out with that joy that rests on us, and we can be led forth with a peace. We can be people that change the world for better, for God's glory. I'm going to finish up with verse 13 because it gives us hope. It says, Instead of thorn bush, you will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, the, the mitre will grow. I may not have said that right, but it's a tree. There will be Lord's, this will be for the Lord's renowned and the everlasting sign, and it will endure forever. What God, God does in us is everlasting, not just for the moment. It's an everlasting thing that will affect other people's lives for generations. I say that this gives us hope because the juniper or cypress or fig tree, some other versions say, 
and the mitel are evergreen trees. I know I've said that wrong because someone's grinning at me. Fig trees are better. The fig trees bear fruit. <laughs> now they're opposite to thorn bushes and briars, sharp bushes that are best to stay away from. Not very good. Now for me, this verse also speaks of seeds that are planted by the enemies into our life. Sometimes when you're younger, things are spoken, or even now, things can be spoken over you that actually are not for God's goodness, not for God's kingdom. I was always told I was shy. That's not true. That's not true at all. There's a change that has come because of knowing God and walking in his ways. Also, sorry, seeds that have come actually. When I was younger as well, I was told that I, I don't know if I was told, but it was something I knew, maybe I spoke over myself, that I couldn't read, that I couldn't write. That's changed. But God, God changes when you know God, when you walk with him. That joy comes. That peace comes. Things are changed in your life. Seeds that are planted from the enemy don't have to be. Seeds that have planted in him, like the, the thorn bushes, the briar bushes, that are meant to grow into something stingy, prickly, horrible, that is going to affect the world in a negative way, don't have to be, because us 13 tells us so, because it can be changed through knowing God, it can be changed into something that's evergreen, something that lasts, something that's beautiful, something that gives fruit to other people. Changes come when we walk with God. Hopefully you've all experienced that in your own life. Changes come when you walk with God. Our God is a wonderful, relational God. He knows us inside out. He knows our fears and our worries. And as we come before him and talk to him about our life and about things that are happening, he can work miracles and he can change what has been planted to blossom for his goodness. I just want to pray over us now. Father God, I thank you that when we come to you, things are changed Things spoken over our lives do not have to be true because when we come to you, we can find your joy. We can find your everlasting joy, not that moment of joy, Lord, but that everlasting joy as we come into your presence, as we seek you, as we follow your way. Things in our lives are changed for your goodness and for your glory. So, Lord, I thank you that you are a relational God. I thank you that you are a wonderful, true, loving God. I thank you that we are called sons and daughters, that we are welcomed any time. You are amazing and wonderful, Lord. I pray for each and every one of us here that we know that joy, that we can walk out and we can be changes of atmosphere, that we can be people that people look at and wonder, how do they do that? Why are they so peaceful in this moment? What is going on? And that we will be questioned, Lord, and we can answer, do you know what? It's God. Let me tell you about him. So I thank you, Lord, for your presence in each and every one of our lives. 
And I pray that we will all go deeper and know you more. And just for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen.